0: Hey everyone, welcome back to the Fellowship Greenville Student Ministry Podcast. This week's special guest speaker, Tim Wadsworth, is continuing our series, but instead of Jesus is, this week's focus is the devil is crafty but also conquered. This week we looked at the strategic ways that Satan tempts us, but also are reminded of the victory we have under God's protection. Follow along and we hope you enjoy this message. All right, guys, it is with great delight and great Great honor and pleasure that I get to introduce to you a dear friend of mine. This is Miss. This hi. is sorry. I thought you were coming for me, man. This is Mr. Tim Wadsworth. Oh, yeah, yeah. So <clears throat> they're saying I love you as they leave. Um, <laughs> love you, man. But I'm out, uh, guys. This is Tim. Tim is a friend of mine. Uh, and in many ways, a friend of yours. Tim is a, a fellowship dude. He's homegrown. Yeah, he's homegrown from fellowship. And I'm always surprised with how many of my students know Tim, either because you church hop and you go to North Hill sometimes <laughs> or wherever, or just because you know him because he's, he's been in Greenville for so long. But Tim is a dude who loves Jesus, he loves uh, the next generation, he has a heart for the next generation. And I got to know Tim over the past few years because Dallas and, and I both share a heart to partner with other youth pastors in Greenville. Uh, we're not gatekeepers of Jesus. We want to partner with where the Spirit is moving and partner up with churches in which the Spirit is moving to minister to the next generation more effectively. And Tim was one of those dudes who I got to uh, meet through that and, and just get to know through that, and he's a joy to my heart, and I know he'll be a blessing to you guys as well. So, Tim, the night is yours. The room is yours. Guys, give it up for Tim one more time as he comes and teaches us tonight. Uh,
1: first off, just let me apologize, Matt, before you sit down. I'm going to start my clock here so I don't go too long. No Amen. one likes that. We're going to have to suffer for Jesus tonight. I know I'm not as easy on the eyes as old Matty D. I'm
0: sorry. We've got me. I'm really sorry. Hey. You're a handsome man. I, I complimented Tim. I, I said, dude, you're a handsome man in this, this black uh, button-up shirt. My son, <laughs> very my, my,
1: my nine-year-old said I look like a waiter.
0: Yeah. It's nice. <laughs> it's nice, bro.
1: Hey, a waiter.
0: Yeah. If you had like a... I'm not as hip like and as white, cool as you. A white apron on. That'd be great.
1: You guys better tip me before you leave. Amen. That's all I know. Amen. I love you. Hey, I love Thank you too, you. man. Thanks, brother. All right, brother. here are three quick things that you need to know about me, and then we're going to jump into God's Word, and I'm going to talk a little bit about this sermon series that you are in. But here's the three things that you need to know about me. My name is Tim. I am a homegrown, and I say Southside fellowshipper because I'm old school, Right? When I was in this youth group, we were over at Southside Christian School. It was when the school was also a church, and our youth group was called S3M, Southside Student Ministries, and Jason Malone was my youth pastor. Uh, Jason is my hero. He's been a mentor for years. I love that guy. Jim Thompson took me to my first ever punk rock show when I was in the eighth grade. And I won't go every five seconds, I promise, just like Jim. But Jim took me to my first punk rock show. I'm going to talk a little bit about that in just a second. But uh, I grew up from Southside Christian School, kindergarten, all the way through senior year. And then I went through the youth group, which is now your youth group. So it's so nice to be home. I see so many familiar faces, which is such a blessing. I know a lot of your parents in this room, some of you guys used to be with our Youth group, we are called Alive Student Ministry. We're out in Taylor, South Carolina. It's like five minutes, 10 minutes, 15 minutes. We're, we're the poor side of Greenville. Y'all are going to come to the ghetto next Sunday. Who's ready to go to the ghetto next Sunday? Man. Yeah. You know, like when you always had that one, listen to this. You know, like when you always had that one rich friend and you go to their house and everything works? You know what I'm talking about? That's what I feel like when I come here to fellowship. Everything works here. When you come to our youth group, we're balling on a budget. We're straight up balling on a budget. All right, but three things you need to know. Number one thing you need to know about Tim, I love politics and I love finances. (laughs) I'm super weird. You want to talk politics? It's my love language. When people say they don't like politics and they don't want to talk about it, I think you're weird. But I get it. I totally get it, especially with the last few years. I love politics, and I love finances. Can I get an amen for like any Dave Ramsey fans in here? Yep. You want to come and talk to me about Roth IRAs or 401Ks or 503Bs? I'll be your friend. We'll talk finances. Politics and finances, that's one thing. Shh. Number two, number two thing that you need to know about me, huge Atlanta Braves fan. All right, I can tell people are walking with the Lord in this room. Bobby Cox, legend, B-O-C. But listen, love the Atlanta Braves, and can I just get an amen that baseball season's like one week away? I love any sport where you can fall asleep, and then an hour goes by and you wake up and nothing has changed. It's my kind of sport. Number three thing that you need to know about me, I am a drummer. I've played drums my whole life. Noise, you're another one. I know, you You know, I've known you since you were a baby. I was back there playing air drums with you. I'm a drummer. I don't look like one, but it's the only thing I get cool points for now that I'm an old man. I can play drums. My favorite band is a band called Five Iron Frenzy. Anyone? My one dude right there. If you want to listen to some awesome music, Jim Thompson was the one that got me hooked on this in the eighth grade. Five Iron Frenzy, they're so, so good. So those are things that you need to know about me. One small commercial, and then we're going to jump in to God's word. I would love to see every single person sitting in this room come to the United Night of Worship, which is next week. We're hosting at North. You guys hosted it in 2019, right before that pesky year of 2020. You guys remember that? Fun story, in your main auditorium. 2019 we had the first ever united night of worship me and Dallas by the way he was in the sixth grade in the youth group when I was a senior in high school same height same size (laughs) he has not changed at all fun little story me and Dallas got done doing the game when I was done I started walking down the aisle this is in your main auditorium and all of a sudden I just I didn't feel really good Matt I don't know if you remember this uh I ate really bad whipped cream. Do you guys remember the pie to the face, that weird game we did? Well, I got a little crazy with the whipped cream. I had too much. I think it was bad. Because as I was walking down y'all's aisle to exit, I don't know what happened to me, but once I opened up the door and turned a corner, I vomited everywhere. True story I went into the fetal position, some random man started rubbing my back. <laughs> I think he was on your safety team. It's a true story. Uh, and then the next thing I know, I went to a bathroom, and I, I, I got, like, the chills. Y'all with me? Like, when you get the chills, and you just start falling apart, your stomach's like, it's bad. It's bad. I started falling apart. Uh, so then I went home. Like, Matt and Kevin over at Brookwood, they had to wrap it up. Uh, then, a week later... I get a phone call from Jim Thompson, from Matt Rexford, from Trenton Stokes, from Todd Devaney. Like all these guys call me and they go, hey, we've got some awesome video footage that we want you to see. Those homeboys went to the cameras and caught me projectile vomiting all in your auditorium. It was crazy. But why do I say that? It's now time to come to the ghetto and vomit in our church for the United Night of Worship 2023. You guys with me? Good. I'm just kidding. Don't do that. That's disgusting. All right. Here's the last thing you need to know about me. Last thing you need to know about me. Grew up at Southside. When I was done at Southside Christian School, I toured as a drummer for f- four years. I didn't go to uh, college until I was like 21, 22 years old. Some people thought I was throwing my life away. I knew exactly what I was doing. You guys are in this world right now. We're not going to college is cool and hip. Back in 2003 when I graduated high school and they're like, what are you going to do for college? You're like, nothing. They were like, have fun flipping burgers. Like that's just kind of what you heard. No one thought that was smart. Although I do believe college is a dying breed. But we'll talk about politics later. I digress. However, uh, then I, I, I toured as a drummer for a little bit, and then I went to Liberty University. Uh, I saw one girl wearing a Flames shirt. Where are you at? Don't be ashamed. Liberty University, right there. Go Flames. And I met, I met someone her freshman year. Her name was Rachel Doney, and I'll never forget it because she said, I'm Rachel Doney. You can spell my name. It's donkey without the K. And I, th- <laughs> I thought what a loser. <laughs> well, we ended up getting married. She's now, she's now my wife. Uh, we, we have two children, and I want to tell you about my kids, and it's going to make sense to this sermon series that we're in. So listen to this. I have two kids. I'm the most passionate. Forget politics. Forget finances. Forget drums. Forget the Braves. Forget Five Iron Frenzy. I love my two kids. Kids. Now, let me tell you about Judah and Levi because they're very interesting. My oldest son is now nine years old. His name is Judah. We call him Big Booty Judy. We love Judah. If, raise your hand if you've met Judah. Yeah. <laughs> Judah's crazy. And here's why he's a little crazy, but he's a beautiful crazy. We found out about five years ago that Judah was on the autism spectrum. I didn't know what autism was. At all? I didn't even know what Asperger's was, but I found out about it really quickly because he was living under my roof, and his name was Judah, and he was awesome. But here's what's even crazier about Judah. He's autistic, but he's an extroverted autistic kid. Now, if you know anything about autism, that's normally not the case where they like being the center of attention, where they like talking with people. I'm not the autism whisperer, but I know enough about it to know my son is just... Very rare. So if you meet Judah, he's hilarious. Listen to this. We just had new neighbors move next door. They have 10 kids. I'm not lying. One of the kids that live in the house is on the autism spectrum. My son walked up to me and he goes, Dad, it's someone like me. I said, that's right, bro. It's someone like you. He's hilarious. He wanted to come, but I said no. Then... Uh, I've got Levi. Levi's in kindergarten. Levi's six years old. Levi is either going to be a lawyer or need a lawyer. We don't know where that's going with Levi. He is absolutely insane. He's so much fun. He stole from Walmart last week. We had to take him back to Walmart. (laughs) Uh, Corrine, where's Corrine? Aren't my kids crazy? They're nuts, but I love them. But listen to this. Here's here's what I love the most about my kids. And I got to stay over here. Here's what I love the most about my kids. Because listen, we're in this sermon series right now. Jesus is, but what? Also. So the week that I have right now is this is what we're going to be talking about. And lean into this because this is really important for you as followers of Jesus. Tonight we're going to be talking about Satan. We're going to flip this on its head. We're going to talk about the devil is crafty, but the devil is conquered. Thank you. got one Pentecostal in the room and I love it. So listen, this is the one thing I love about being a parent. I love when my kids ask me questions and I can ask them questions back because I don't know how to answer it. But. I love warning them. I love going to my kids and helping them consider things that maybe they just haven't been considering. So Judah, we were at Great Wolf Lodge a few weeks ago. Anyone been to Great Wolf Lodge? You know Great Wolf Lodge is hilarious when I leave thinking I'm in shape. (laughs) I digress. However, (laughs) that joke will hit you later. But uh, Judah is right now fascinated with wallets. He got his first wallet. He's starting to kind of figure out what money is. I opened up a custodial Roth IRA for him. We talk about compound interest, how he can invest in the stock markets. However, Judah will leave his wallet anywhere. And I know there's people in this room that also do the same thing. You will leave your wallet anywhere. But I I put my arm around my kid and I go, hey, man, you got to keep your eye on your wallet. You got like seven bucks in here you know how hard we worked for this $7? Like your minion wallet is going to vanish if you do not keep an eye on it. And he'll look at me and go, who would take my wallet? He's nine years old, right? He's still, there's still some innocence in there. And I go, well, buddy, not everyone is your friend. He thinks everyone goes to our church because he is a pastor's kid. He is kind of like the mascot of our youth group. Like, he thinks everyone knows who he is. So when we go to Walmart and while his brother's stealing, and he has weird conversations with people, I'm like, hey, Judah, they don't know you. You're cute to us, but you're weird to them, right? I got to warn them, like keep an eye on your wallet. Why dad? Because listen to this. I have to walk my kid through the brokenness of this world. I have to walk my kid through. There are some people who don't care about you. They will take your wallet and not even think twice. And you start seeing the wheels spin. So if you would allow me tonight, we use this language with Alive, especially with uh, our adult leaders, that one of the things we want to do in helping our students find and follow Jesus is teenagers more now than ever, needs spiritual mothers and fathers. Yes, we have earthly mothers and fathers, right? We live with them. We depend on them still. But, but the adults that come to a live student ministry, we are always pushing with them. We are the spiritual mothers. We are the spiritual fathers. And I come tonight to my old youth group, a church that I so dearly love, small commercial, Charlie Boyd is still my parents' neighbor. Uh, we... We live in Riverwalk together. It's a lot of fun. Uh, I have a picture of Charlie Boyd laying in bed and Karen Boyd right here. And I snuggled right in between them in like the sixth grade reading a magazine. It was a lot of fun. Uh, Love, love this church so much. But allow me to come as a spiritual father tonight and say this. Satan is crafty. Yes, Satan is conquered. But I want to talk a little bit about the craftiness of Satan You need to know, listen to me, fellowship, you need to know Satan hates you. Satan, yes, although conquered, and we will talk about how we're victorious in Jesus. And you can throw my notes up if you want. I want to show you guys where I'm going tonight. And these are the things I want you to consider, that I want you to talk about with your friends, with your small group leaders. Yes, we are going to talk about the protection of God, but we need to talk about that you have a real enemy. You have to understand, yes, he's conquered, but until Jesus comes back and makes all things new and all things right, until then, you have a target on your back, and the bullseye is right there. And every morning when you get up, the enemy wants to seek you out, destroy you, and devour you. And until you wake up understanding that that reality is real, I just think you're at a disadvantage as a a follower of Jesus. Now, hear me. We do not fear Satan. We don't tremble at Satan, right? We are to fear the Lord. But I think you're naive and foolish to not just take a second and think, yes, the devil is crafty. There is someone who hates me, just like I have to go to Judah and go, hey, man, someone really doesn't care enough about you. They will take your wallet. And, and, and this new reality seeps into his brain going, wow, okay, it's not all unicorns and lollipops. And you know, as followers of Jesus, it's not all unicorns and lollipops, but I want to talk about three tactics of the enemy, real things that we see in scripture for you to understand how the enemy works. Right? If you want to sit down and talk politics with me, right, we can talk about what's going on in our world right now with Russia and Ukraine, the role that China is kind of playing in that, the billions and billions and billions of your dollars that are getting sent overseas fighting a war that we're not tangibly fighting, but we are with our wallet. You don't think they have meetings after meeting, after talk, after talk about the enemy? How are they going to win the battle if they don't know how the enemy thinks? If they don't know how the enemy is moving, they're trying to stay two steps ahead. So the beautiful thing that we can see in Scripture is we see that Satan has three main moves. And we see this in the lion who seeks to devour you. Number one, he loves to deceive. He loves to deceive. Number two... He's he's a master at distraction, a master of distraction. And number three, oh, excuse me, deceive, sorry. And two, he loves division. So if you want to know if there's spiritual warfare happening in your house, happening within your friends, in your schools, in your jobs, whatever the case may be, as a follower of Jesus, step back and say, are these three things happening that I need to take into consideration as someone who's walking with Jesus? So let's break this down. Number one, to deceive. If you're a note taker, write this down. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. And, and if, allow me just to get on a soapbox real quick, okay? Because if you don't like it, I'm leaving after this. It's okay if you don't like me. If you're not a note taker, I think that's very arrogant you're only going to remember about 3% of what I'm going to say. So let me just challenge you. These are two things we challenge a live student ministry with. Number one, bring your Bibles. You've never met me. You don't know me. I could be deceiving you, and you wouldn't know it because you're not looking at the Word of God. Matt Densky gave me kind of a nod of approval, but after youth group, when you go into the real world, The only nods of approval you're going to get with people is if God's word checks the boxes. Number one, bring your Bible. Got to bring your Bibles. Number two, take notes. Leaders, take notes. Okay? If you're only going to remember 3%, we're kind of wasting our time. Bring a pen. Bring your Bible. May I digress? Thank you. Okay, number one, deceives. Genesis chapter 3, verse 1. Write this down. I want you to go back later. When it's Monday or Tuesday or Wednesday and kind of read through the craftiness that you see of Satan. Because when you read those verses, you're seeing right off the bat Satan doing what Satan does best. So I have it here and I just want you guys to highlight this part Uh, in verse one. It says, now the serpent was more crafty. The serpent was more crafty than any of the wild animals that the Lord God had made. And he said to the woman, did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? Do you see what Satan is doing? He's smoking mirrors. He loves to deceive. He loves to confuse. He didn't just come out and say, hey, dude, eat it. Eat it. You're going to love it. Eat it. I dare you a triple dog dare you, eat it. They're going, okay, okay, fine, I'll eat it. No, he's walking in there going, did, did God really say that you couldn't eat from that tree? He gets Eve to second guess. There's a little bit of confusion, right? He's the master of deceit. We see that right off the bat. So, Let me give you some warning signs that might be in your world right now. Satan loves to deceive. Did God really say? And fill in the blank. We've all had those thoughts. We've all had, and that's okay to have those thoughts. But if you want to know if spiritual warfare is happening in your heart, in your mind, in certain conversations, in certain YouTube videos you're watching, in certain TikToks, that you're getting influenced by? Are you slowly being deceived by the things of this world that would contradict what God's word says and the truth that he has for you? Did God really say? And you see Satan doing this time and time and time again. And then it goes on, all the way down to verse 7, where you see the craftiness of Satan In smoke and mirrors, confusion, deceit. Did God really say? So I'm coming to you as a spiritual father. Fellowship, listen to me. You need people around you that are going to help you when the enemy attacks. That's why I'm a firm believer in youth groups. I'm a firm believer in having a small group leader or leaders pouring into you so you can take the did God really say to someone who's been there and done that a little bit longer with following Jesus, a little bit farther down the road. You guys have been so blessed with one of the best leadership teams. Student ministry-wise, I've ever had the privilege of being around. Matt Densky is a boss. Dallas, awesome. No, no, no. I, I don't say that because I want him to say, Here's five bucks. Thanks for doing that. No, I say that because you don't understand how blessed you guys are to have the leadership team that you do. The small group leaders, guess what? They don't have to be there here and they're not getting a paycheck. They work a full time job and they think you're valuable enough to be here to go the extra mile to help the next generation. That is awesome. He deceives. Number two, he loves division, he loves to divide. If you want to know if spiritual warfare is happening, look at what type of division is coming at you. Look at the United States of America in the last five, six years. What's the number one thing you'll always hear from certain demographics or people groups or whatever the case may be? They will say, We are so divided more now than ever before. Satan loves, loves to divide. If you're a note taker, write down Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. Here's what I love about Proverbs chapter 4, verse 23. It says, above all else, guard your heart for everything you do flows from it. You have to guard your heart against division. When that seeps into your heart and into your mind, can I tell you something the enemy wants So, so bad for your life. He wants division between you and your mom and your dad. So bad he wants you to hate your parents. So badly he wants you to think they're just full of it and they have no idea what they're talking about. He doesn't want you to like your parents. Satan doesn't want you to respect authority. He wants there to be division, whether it's between cops that pull you over, your teacher that you have in your schools, I'm telling you, man, the division that I see between high school students and their teachers is really, really sad. To disrespect your teachers, to not listen to them, to mock them, to gossip about them. I just want to lean into you and say, as followers of Jesus, the world will know you are different if you walk in unity with your teachers. If you walk in unity, and we'll get to that in a a, A few minutes about God's protection, but so much division Satan loves to divide. Satan hates that this youth group is meeting right now. Wants nothing more than for this group to be divided. Wants nothing more than this person sitting over here to not be sitting with this person over here because of something this person said at the lunch table, because of something this person posted on Twitter. Division. Y'all with me? We have to fight against division. And Proverbs chapter 4 says, above all, guard your heart. We have to guard our hearts against certain division. And then thirdly, distraction. Can I just say something? Whenever I visit youth groups, and I visit a lot, I love to stand in the back Because I want to to just see if you guys are any different from our youth group. And can I say something? You weren't. And here's why. I'm not trying to embarrass anyone. I don't want to call anyone out. But while announcements are going on, while worship's going on, you know what I saw? That's what I saw. And there was one thing that made me go, oh, good. We're not the only crummy youth group that does that. But I also thought this thing would have eaten me alive in high school. Like, I don't think you guys understand how like, oh, this is hard. Back in the day, when I got my first cell phone in the ninth grade, right, the capabilities of this phone could not happen on my sweet little flip phone. I'm gonna show you how old I am with this sentence. I got free minutes after 9 p.m., I had to wait until 9 to call my friends because I got free minutes. Because if I went over my 15 minutes, my dad was going to smack me. You guys don't even know what I'm talking about. There used to be a day where you only had a certain amount of minutes. And then you had to wait until it was dark out to call your friends. It was weird. But let me tell you something. The distractions that you guys are up against, it's crazy. So note takers, Psalm 119 verse 15 It literally talks about what we are to focus on and set our gaze on and our main focus to not be distracted by the great commission that you are called into as followers of Jesus. Specifically, verse 15 says, I meditate on your precepts and consider your ways night and day. So if you want to know if there's spiritual warfare, if you want to know if The craftiness of Satan is on display. Look at the distractions that you have in your life. And the cell phone, right? The iPhone is just one example of all of it. I challenge you. I challenge you to look at your daily routine and just notice all the distractions and forget the tangible things. Sometimes we get distracted on the reason why we even exist, As someone who loves politics and finances, sometimes I can get so deep into that, I'm like, surely I was created for more than to change someone's vote or to buy this treasury bond at 4.56%. Surely Tim Wadsworth was created for more. Are y'all with me? We have to fight against the enemy because he's crafty. He's crafty, and you've got to study yourself. you got to know your weaknesses, because guess what? He's coming hard at your weaknesses. That's why you got to go to Matt. you got to go to your small group leaders. Go back to Dallas. I don't even know if he's allowed to come up here anymore. He's just in middle school. Get out of here, Dallas. But you got to go to people and be transparent and authentic and let people know where you are vulnerable and where the distractions can come right at you. But Satan, the craftiness goes, that's too embarrassing. What are people going to think about you? Did God really say? Are you all with me? But you got to go to people and say, I need your help. I keep looking at porn on this, and I'm sick of it. Help me. I'm distracted. you got to go to people and say, I'm an angry person. So let me just be real and vulnerable. I go to counseling, Kareem knows this, every Monday morning for anger. But Tim, you seem so fun and outgoing. I can be, but try to be married to me. Try to be Judah or Levi. They see a side to me that you don't get to see. Can a pastor really say that? Yeah. Every Monday morning, I wage war against the enemy because I deal with anger. I'm like a bottle rocket. I can get so angry. And then like three minutes later, it's like, I'm like, I'm really sorry for what I just said. So deceive, divide, distract. Here's the good news. However, the craftiness of Satan is, he is conquered. Can I get an amen? amen? Thank you. my One Pentecostal friend, you have more friends in here. We have to understand that, yes, he's conquered, he's still prowling, but our truth is anchored in the protection of God. So here are the three ways that you guys need to shift your focus as followers of Jesus. Number one, truth, note taker. John chapter 14, verse 6. Jesus said, I am the way, I am the truth, and I am the life. No man will enter heaven but through me. You want to fight against the deceit of our culture and our world and how it permeates, run to the truth of Jesus Christ, and it will set you free. Run to be with other believers. Surround yourself with people like Matt Densky. Surround yourself with people like Charlie Boyd and Jim Thompson and all these incredible people that I love. Surround yourself with people who will point you to truth. And if you have people in your lives that are not pointing you to truth, I would respectfully say, get them out of your life to the glory of God. Get them out of your life. If you're watching things that aren't pointing you to truth, I'm not saying don't do it. I'm saying be really smart. Maybe watch it with other people. There's certain podcasts I listen to. Believe You better believe why I listen to NPR. I don't listen to NPR because I agree with them. I just want to know what the wackos are thinking. All right, so I get it. If, <laughs> I get it. Thank you. Sorry. Now you kind of know where I fall politically. But I'm saying you have to run to truth. And when you get to a point in your life where you can kind of figure out the fake fool's gold That's a good place to be as a follower of Jesus. Are y'all with me? Jesus is the way and the truth and the life. Number two, unity. We have to fight for unity. That's crazy. Next week, the United Night of Worship. Here's what's so cool. Isn't it great to know that your youth group is not the only youth group in Greenville? Isn't it great to know that there's not just 200 people on your team? There's 200,000 teenagers in the upstate on your team all under the banner of Jesus Christ. We have to fight for unity. We have to. Here's what's really cool. John chapter 17, verse 21. It literally is Jesus prays for all the believers. And I want you to go later tonight or maybe in your small groups next week and I want you guys to read that passage of scripture because the big idea in Jesus' prayer is that the believers would all be united To be one. Unity. That's what we as believers need to be known for. Not these other things that are massive distractions. And so go back and read that passage. Literally it says that they may be one. Is this youth group known for being one? Despite what families we live in. Despite what we believe politically. Despite what school we go to. Forget it. We have to be unified to the glory of God because we have to fight against the craftiness of the enemy. And then lastly, and this is so important, Matthew 22 talks about the greatest commandment given in Scripture. Followers of Jesus, if you are one, what's the greatest commandment Jesus gave? Yeah. And the second was? Yeah, love God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and the second is like it. Love your neighbor as you love your, as you love yourself. So what I love about looking at the distractions, if you are lining up your lives and putting your focus on the two greatest commandments, go Christian, go. Love your neighbor and love God. Line up your life and go, are the decisions I'm making, are the things that I'm doing? Am I loving God with everything in me? And then am I sacrificially loving my neighbor? And if there's things in your lives that are distracting you from doing that, throw them overboard. Are you all with me? So I love things to consider. These are the things I want you to talk about as we break. And I literally have a minute and a half left. I want you to think about one thing that stood out to you. What's the one truth that Holy Spirit has for you to consider, to think about, to process, to talk about with another believer? It's iron sharpens iron. What's what's something that stood out to you? But but the second one is, what are you gonna do about it? Because if you just come here week after week and you hear truth and you don't practically do anything and it doesn't grow legs, what are we doing? So what stood out to you, and what are you going to do about it? How can we pray and support with what's going on in your walk with Jesus? So fellowship, hear me. Yes, Satan is crafty. But because of the blood of Jesus, his death, burial, and resurrection, Satan is conquered. And that is good news for us. But until Jesus comes back and makes all things new and gives you a new body and me a new body and my nine-year-old can look at Jesus without autism, we still fight the fight. We run the race and we do it to the glory of God. So hear me. Satan wants to deceive you. Satan wants to distract you. And Satan wants so badly to divide you. And I just want to stand before you as a a spiritual father and say, fight the good fight. Why? Because we've won. Why? Jesus is king. Why? The grave is empty. So that's good news for us. So as the band comes up, (laughs) shut up, Seth. As the band comes up, (laughs) I miss you so much. I want you guys to think about What's the one thing that you want to walk away here with? Maybe it's just going and looking at your life in the the realm of distractions. And when you think about getting rid of that Snapchat or that TikTok, and there's a little bit of doubt that you shouldn't do it, or you get a little anxious, let me tell you, that might be a good sign. Let's just fast from that for a little bit. I know when we think of the word fast, we just think of food. Some of us just might need to fast for a little bit from some of these distractions. Maybe that's something that stood out to you. Maybe you need to talk to to someone tonight, grab your small group leader, grab your youth pastors and say, I need your help. What am I going to do about this? Give me something practical now so that when I wake up tomorrow morning, Satan doesn't think, well, he woke up. He's not a threat. She woke up. No big deal. However, when we wake up, Satan is going, crap. That's someone following Jesus who understands my craftiness and is running to the way, the truth, and the life. That's what we want Satan to think when we wake up in the morning. Amen? As we sing, I want you to think, okay, what are things that I need to be doing, praying about? I need support in with my walk with Jesus this is what we want you guys talking about in your small groups. This is what I want you talking about at the lunch table tomorrow. Let's go, let's be salt, let's be light and let the world know that we are followers of Jesus by the way we are united. Amen? Stand with me, I'm gonna pray. Thank you. Jesus, thank you so much that we can stand here in victory and we didn't do anything to earn that victory other than being covered in the blood of Jesus. God, thank you that we stand here as your sons and your daughters, knowing that we have this race to run, this fight to fight, but we don't do it on our own. We do it knowing that we have Jesus on our side. The battle belongs to you. so grateful that you are that kind of God, that you would send your only son to die for my sins, to die for all of our sins, even before we were a, we were even on this earth. God, you love us so much. Yes, we have a real enemy, but we have a bigger savior. Yes, we have the craftiness of the devil that we need to be aware of, Oh, but we have the blood of Jesus that we're covered in. And I'm so grateful for that. So, because we're sons and daughters, we sing, we celebrate, and we rejoice. How awesome is that? So, Lord, I love you. Thank you that Matt and this team allowed me this microphone to talk to this special youth group. I love my youth group. It's good to be home, it's really good to be home. So Jesus, I love you. Thank you for this time. And we sing because you're worthy. And all God's people said, amen.